0: Hello and welcome to When I Found Grace podcast. Today we tackle the question when we disappoint the Lord, does he hold a grudge like we do or not? Coming up. And today we are going to continue our series in Judges and going through this book together as we read through the Bible and get this biblical perspective of life in general. Now, one of the things I do want to apologize, it's been really a a crazy week um, ever since I posted our, our last episode, and so I apologize for the delay in... Um, uploading and getting this. My son had his birthday. Uh, We went away for a couple days uh, to go to a wedding. And and so it's kind of been all over the place. And so I apologize for that. But now I'm back and and ready to go. And I'm excited for uh, just getting back into the swing of things. And hopefully uh, you can just continue to be blessed as as I have just being able to do this. And uh, and so today, I want to continue our discussion through the book of Judges. When we were there last time in Judges chapter two, what we had seen is we'd seen the Israelites who, after Joshua had passed away, remember they had followed the Lord all the way through the days of the elders, and that uh, preceded Joshua. But the thing that they didn't do was they did not obey completely the command of the Lord. And the Lord, he said, look, because of that, the people that live here, them and their gods are going to become a snare to you. They are going to, going to um, trip you up. And, and so it it's really difficult because uh, as we see this, idea and the thought of not obeying the Lord completely it can really trip us up and really the best thing that we find is just follow the Lord in what he says and so that brings us all the way to actually chapter three and here at the beginning uh because through the rest of chapter two what it says then, after Joshua passed away, and then all the elders passed away, then it says that they did evil in the sight of the Lord. And we knew that this was coming because the Lord said, the nations are going to become a snare to you. They're going to trip you up. And so all the way through the rest of chapter 2, it explains how evil and how far off that the Israelites got. Um, We come into chapter uh, 3, where the lord he'd finally said you know i'm just going to leave these nations here that those that you have not driven off those that you've become a part of they're going to stay here i'm not going to drive them out for you they're going to stay and they're going to become that snare to you and so um we see this punishment of sorts or this consequence of not obeying the lord and walking away and and this evil. And and there's so many lessons that we can pull from there and what our sin does in our life. But the one thing I really want to focus on is because then we come to chapter 3, verse 9, where we're going to see this time and time again. But in verse 9 of chapter 3, it says, when the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for the sons of Israel to deliver them. Othniel, the son of Kenaz. Caleb's younger brother and the spirit of the Lord came upon him and he judged Israel. And when he went out to the war, the Lord gave Cush uh, Rishnatham king of Mesopotamia into his hands so that he prevailed over him. And then the land had rest 40 years and Othniel the son of Kenaz died. And so this is incredible to me because he says when the sons of Israel cried to the Lord. You see, as we just said, Israel, they had done evil in the sight of the Lord. This sadness, the Lord, and it saddened him, uh, and it provoked him to anger. And so the Lord, he decided that he would leave the nations in whom Joshua had not driven out to test the people. See, and as we said, these nations and their gods would become a snare or a trap to Israel. But here's what's really cool is, but the Lord, it says, when the sons of Israel cried to the Lord, man, the Lord was gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, and quick in love. And, and, you know, I just look at this, and so many times, here's the issue that we have in our life, is that we usually put our characteristics on who God is like how we would react in a situation, we just assume that that's probably the way that God would react. But here's what I see here. When the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord, he raised up a deliverer for the sons of Israel to deliver them. And that's grace. That's grace in its fullest. And it's so impressive and so encouraging to see that. You see, many times when we become angry, And it could be even for a good, just cause. What happens is we hold a grudge so many times. We hold it over others that they have wronged us. And see, often we find ourselves delighting in the suffering of those who have wronged us and who have done those awful things towards us. But God, see, he hears the cry of his people This people that did evil, that turned their back to him. It says they did evil in the sight of the Lord, but yet the Lord heard their cries. And it says the Lord raised up a deliverer for the sons of Israel to deliver them. And see, it's such a a good reminder for us and even a good lesson in forgiveness of all things, and how to forgive others. Because we live in this world and in this society that it's all about this canceled culture, canceling um, just all these people because of the wrongs that they have done. And it, it saddens my heart because even some Christians have have become a part of this. All of a sudden that when you see somebody who you know, who maybe mistreated other people or who had um, done things that that weren't right. And it saddens your heart every time you see that. But but usually a lot of times what we do is we treat them as if there's no redemption for them. We we treat it as if, okay, they're a lost cause and there should be no grace and no forgiveness. And, And see, the culture wants us to act in that way. The world wants us to respond in that way. Why? Because it completely disregards the grace of God. And if there's anything by listening to this podcast that you would know, is that the grace of God is so wonderful and it's so precious. And as I've said in my life, it's something that has just surrounded me and taken hold of me. And it's something that I want to continue to embrace in my life. But see, the enemy and the world, they do not want you to do that. They want, they want you to think less of yourself and they want you to think less of others. And in so doing, disregarding the grace that God has given to you. And this is where we tend to fall into legalism. We fall into trying to do things our own way. It is because we cannot wrap around our head that when when people fail, because they will fail, is that when they fail and then they cry out in, in this idea of repentance, that all of a sudden we think, well, we have to make them suffer. They have to be punished for longer than this. It's not good enough that they would just turn from their ways. We have to cancel them and cut them off. And we have to make them suffer for a good long time. But see, that's not the heart of the Lord. Because the Lord says here, it says, when the sons of Israel cried to the Lord, he raised up a deliverer for them, a deliverer for them, not against them. Not, okay, I'm going to bring somebody who's going to whip you guys into shape, and then he's going to deliver them. No, he sent someone to deliver them right away. And this is for us. Don't get caught up in these um, weird things that are going on in the world. In fact, I remember my brother and I were, were talking about this recently, of what happens when somebody wrongs you, in such a a way that that it's almost unforgivable. I mean, how do you move past that? Well, it you forgive them, you move past that. And when they cry out and they come out and say, "Look, I, I'm so sorry," and, and you know, a, a lot of times we say, "Well, I know you say you're sorry, but I just don't know if you are or not." You know, you might do this again, and therefore you're probably going to hurt me and you know what, I I just can't deal with that kind of pain, and I don't think you're sorry enough. Because if you're sorry enough, then you would never do it again. But see, the Lord doesn't treat us that way. Because the Lord very well knows, He he knows that this people, they are going to be a stumbling block. They're going to be this tripping stone for His people, and and that, that they are going to be tripped up by those that remain in the land. And so the question is as well how do we how do we move past this hurt and this pain and this um this sense of of forsaking one another or or hurting each other. If somebody's hurt me, how do I move past that? Well, I mean, number 1 you you really have to pray about it, but I just pray that the Lord's heart is in you that you can just embrace the grace that the Lord has given you and you can extend that to other people. And you know what? They're going to fail again. Don't don't say that just because I forgave them once that they're not going to fail cuz they will fail. You remember that story of where the guy says, "Hey Jesus, the disciples say how many times should we forgive our neighbors and and Peter thinking he's all smart he's like should i forgive him seven times and jesus says no forgive him 70 times 7 I mean that's i mean you're thinking 490 times and and it's not just oh forgive him oh he uh he did something bad i forgive him oh he did another thing bad i forgive him up to 490 times no it's for that same exact thing, that same exact time, 490 times, 70 times seven, to forgive and just to move past that. And I know it's difficult because we've had to do this in our own lives so many times, but yet the Lord, His heart for you is to redeem you, to deliver you out of your troubles and your trials, even though that's somewhere that you keep going back over and over again. And it's such a hard concept to grab a hold of, but I think it's so important. And and, and yeah, I know I know those arguments, but what if, but what if somebody hurt me so bad and like I just can't find it in myself to forgive other people. Well, you know, there God has grace for you too. But but I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you. Ask the Lord seek the lord and and say lord i'm dealing with this i'm having a hard time with reconciling or or maybe even helping somebody who's hurt me in the past and and you just have to move forward and past that and i think that's what the lord wants he wants you to have the heart that he has because we are being transformed in the renewing of our mind as romans 12 tells us and we want that to be our heart not one that follows the world of this whole cancel culture that's been going on and, and things like that. And I think it's so important for us. But see, here's here's the important part too, because then it says he raised up a deliverer and this uh, Othniel, the uh, Caleb's younger brother, and in verse 10 it says, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Man, this can be a lesson in and of itself, but... You know, when when we are having a hard time, we just need the Spirit of God to come upon us, to come upon and say, Lord, how do I do this? Because you know that we cannot do this in our own strength. And we know that Othniel, he couldn't do it in his own strength. He he had to do it in in other terms with with what who God was and what God was doing. And so he was able to deliver the Israelites because of God, because of the spirit of the Lord. And it says when he went to the war, uh, cushan Rishthium, king of Mesopotamia, was given into his hands and he prevailed over him. And here's what it says in verse 11. It says, then the land had rest 40 years, 40 years. And then Othniel, he died. And, and, And so... The Lord delivered and for 40 years, 40 years, they had this rest because the God, because God had rose or had somebody rise up and the Lord poured his spirit upon him. And that's all I praise. Lord, would you rise up, men and women, in our culture, in our society, that you could pour the Spirit of the Lord upon them, and they would help to turn your people back to you, and even back to your grace, that we will no longer go with our own desires, but for the Lord's desire and what His heart is. And now in verse 12, it goes on, it says, because now the sons of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. So after this 40 years, did evil in the sight of the Lord again. And so it says the Lord strengthened Eglon, the king of Moab, against Israel because they had done the evil in the sight of the Lord. Um, and then he gathered himself, the sons of Ammon and Amalek, and he went and defeated Israel and the possessed the city of the palm trees. And the sons of Israel served Eglon, the king of Moab, eight years. This is what's crazy to me, is they know that they had called upon the Lord and that the Lord had delivered them. And then all all of a sudden, after the Lord delivered them and gave them this freedom for 40 years, they did evil in the sight of the Lord again. And then the Lord delivered them into Eglon, the king of Moab. And what they did was they didn't come to their senses for 18 whole years. Boy, why not? Why did, you, why did you wait to come to the Lord? Why did you wait to call out? Why did you wait? And sometimes that's a good question for us is, why have you waited to call out to the Lord? I've heard so many people say, man, I used to be such a strong Christian, I used to follow the Lord and and I had this burning desire and this burning passion and what what happened to that? What why did the Lord leave me? And the Lord he hasn't left you. And the Lord hasn't even left you to your own demise. The thing is, is the Lord is just waiting for you to call out to him. Don't be stuck in Moab for 18 years before you have to call out to the Lord. And, and Boy, I, I really wish that those that I love who've been stuck in Moab, who have been uh, oppressed by Eglon, the king of Moab, for these times, don't wait 18 years to come out. The Lord just wants you to call, and once you call out to the Lord, you cry out to Him, and the Lord will send a deliverer, His deliverer, Jesus Christ There's this constant process that's just going on in life. It's one failure after another after another. But for those who are saved and who have Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, we are being delivered from those constantly by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And it's such, such a beautiful thing. So let me encourage you, if you are listening to this and you are stuck in Moab, And you're just fearful of what's going to happen afterwards. Just let that go and let the Lord, the God of grace, just come upon you and love you and sustain you and deliver you from your oppression. That's what the Lord wants to do. He's waiting. He doesn't hold a grudge towards you. He's not sitting there saying, hey, when you come back to me, I'm going to do I'm going to have you do 300, uh, you know, push-ups. We we do that for our kids sometimes, uh, for punishment. Um, for for some of these minor things, we have them do like push-ups and sit-ups. He's not sitting there waiting for you to to cry out to him so he can make you uh, make amends because he wants he wants to deliver you. He doesn't want you to sit in your your pity. He doesn't want you to sit in your guilt. He doesn't want you to sit in your shame. He wants to deliver you, and he wants to deliver you today. And so I hope you're blessed by this, that you can hold on to God's grace, and that you can overcome the things that the Lord has called you out of this Moab, and that you could just cry out to the Lord and let him do the work. I hope that you're blessed. God bless. i hey.